Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. So today on the show, we're joined by Misha Reed, and she's mum to two beautiful girls, teacher of foundation studies, and she works with teenagers of disadvantaged backgrounds. And Misha's actually the daughter of Vanessa Wallace, who we had on the show last week. I'm a great believer that there are two sides to every story. So last week, we heard about Vanessa and her life and overcoming addiction. And we are really blessed to have Misha here today to say what it's like to be the daughter of an addict. So... I can't thank you enough for being here. Hello there. Hi, Shelley. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That's okay. Thank you for having me. Bless you. I mean, it was actually your mum that suggested you came on. I was like, wow, because I'm sure (laughs) you're going to say things, you know, which are going to hurt or be a bit raw. But I truly believe there are two sides to every story. And your mum's obviously come through it and she's helping others but you do too and I just thought what an opportunity so I don't know where you want to start obviously you've got quite a backstory and at some point I have yeah (laughs) but at some point you've had a positive change and you're influencing the lives of so many people so please do tell us your story of positive change yeah, so I think, first of all, I want to start by saying myself and my mum feel it's really important for us to both share our story as well, because it shows that things can be repaired, relationships can be rebuilt, and for us, forgiveness is a massive part of that, so we've had to forgive a lot of things on both parts, because mum's behaviour or the things that mum did when I was a small child obviously affected me and then as I got older I then started to behave in a way that then impacted mum and she would feel pain from my behaviour because I was angry and disrespectful and which was expected because of what we'd been through Um, but what the the beautiful thing that I learned through mum's recovery that I didn't realise until quite recently was that we can all, we can, everything can get better and we all have that ability to make our life exactly what we want it to be. So I'd, I'd been through so much as a child, um, which then sort of spilled over into my teenage years. So I started um, getting into fights a lot. I became quite promiscuous as a teenager. Um, I got kicked out of school. So I was kicked out of four school three schools sorry um it was quite difficult but so in that I was very angry but then as I've got older I can look at my mum and I can say okay we we can make all of those mistakes and and it's horrible to go through that and to live through that and to hurt the people around us but we all have the ability to repair the relationships and make it better and better ourselves as well to build what we want I think that's the most sort of important thing that we want to be able to get out there and say to everyone, especially as a mother and daughter as well, because where I'm coming from now as working with young people, a lot of them coming from situations where they're very angry with their parents because of not always addiction. There's, There's so many things going on in the world today and have been for years that are affecting our young people. And 
so I come from that angle where I want those young people to be able to forgive the people that have hurt them because I know that's such an important part of their own journey because you can't progress and you can't move forward if you're holding on to all of that pain and anger that you have towards other people you have to you have to let go of it and move through it absolutely keep progressing yeah yeah and I was saying to your mum like there's some amazing coaches in the world absolutely and you can learn so much from studying but I think when you've been an addict and you're helping addicts it's just a whole new level and I think the same applies to you that when you've been there and you've been the disadvantaged child people yeah. trust you more I think the rapport's stronger I think the understanding better you know my nursing it was from a textbook but it's when I nursed my own family that you know the deeper lessons come so I think you're both doing amazing work thank you very much we're, we're both very proud as well of it and I, that that also gives us that sort of drive to keep doing it and keep uh, us to keep working to get the message out there as well because it's not just about me and my mum there's just such a massive picture that goes behind the behind the scenes of the behind the sorry behind the closed doors of those homes what goes on the trauma and the what is ingrained in those children and then in the parents is there's such a big picture behind it all so it just keeps me and mum going to want to keep getting the message out there really to try and help people to get better yeah absolutely and what I didn't realize so when I spoke to your mum I knew that she was a former heroin addict but I didn't realize that both your parents were yes that's right yes so it was like full-on yeah so my my father was he passed away four years ago on Sunday actually so it's it's um it was very difficult because I I made a decision um so I had my I felt pregnant with my first daughter at the age of 17 and quite quickly I decided that I did that was it I was going to have nothing more to do with my dad because I was so because he had caused so much hurt and damage in my childhood I didn't want that to happen to my daughter um so quite quickly I made that decision um so it's very difficult that was something that I had to kind of when he passed away I had to then work out how to live with this pain of the grief and he never said sorry so then that made me then appreciate mum that whole lot more. So I, I actually said to mum not long ago, it was her clean time birthday. So sort of the day that she gave up everything. And I actually said to her, like, it's meant that I got to keep my mum because I've lost my dad. So I got to keep my mum. And to most people, that's sort of so taken for granted. But for yeah. me, because I have, I've been so close to sort of losing both of them. And I know, I know the reality of what, addiction does and if mum didn't change her life I would have ended up with no parents and things would have been very very different for me so I'm that I'm very grateful that I'm able to thank my mum for that I'm very I'm able to always be grateful that she's here yeah which a lot some a lot of people don't have that no and it could have been so different but your mum created this positive change although it didn't come from a positive it actually came from a car crash she was saying and yeah. um she just kind of said a prayer the night before like i can't keep going on like this and then she had the car crash and she created a positive change and it is you might i said to her it must be so strange to look back thinking but that could have been me like when your father passed but she had yeah. a positive change and she got out so i should imagine for you it's quite scary because as you say you could have been both your parents could have gone 
if one of them Absolutely, hadn't created the change yeah. it's driven me i mean because because of the hurt it's caused i have ended up in a lot of situations that might not have happened if i hadn't had the childhood that i had so um, i was in a very abusive relationship up until a, a year ago um and that was a ma another massive turning point for me because he almost took my life basically um and when the relationship ended i kind of came to this point where i was like right i'm i've I've been through all of this stuff and I know that there was something within me that allowed myself to be in that relationship because I thought that that was all I was worth because yeah. my parents, although my mum is amazing now, me and my, I mean, you've spoken to her, you, you guys have all heard her, you know that we have a really good relationship now. Um, but as a child, I wasn't loved as a child. I wasn't cared for. I wasn't given the same love and attention that a normal child might've been given. So what that does is it changes the way your brain works. So then throughout my life, I then built up walls. I, I was horrible to people because I didn't want to let them in. But then as I got older, I allowed men to treat me very badly because that's all I ever knew. I'd, I'd only ever been treated very badly. Um, so I got into this relationship and he was a full-blown narcissist. Um, and it completely tore everything away from me I became a shell of who I am and I'm a very bubbly outgoing person I I'm very open with I wear my heart on my sleeve um I'm smiley all the time I love to help people all of that was just drawn out of me so I had when I came out he actually left me and when he left I my world felt shattered because he'd taken so much control um but it really made me look at how I'd got to that point and then over this last year I've started to really learn about how trauma changes the brain and why I've made some of the decisions that I've made in my life which has again been really helpful for me to keep moving forward and keep progressing because I think building that awareness around what's happened to us and why we think and behave the way we do is really important. Absolutely so you've almost had like a positive change in the last year is that when you started to go into all the work that you do or do you have a previous positive change so the my the first i would say my first point my positive change that i had was with mum the with mum but my within that personal journey that i've had um obviously coming out of that relationship has spurred something in me that's been my positive change within this last year that i've is coming out of that relationship everything that i've learned in this last year and i've broken free from so many behaviors that had been holding me back for years so all of that stuff around not feeling good enough and the um the trauma that had been ingrained from like not being cared for in the way that i should have as a child i'd been carrying that around for so long so it was that realisation coming out of that re relationship that has been that massive positive change for me. It sounds, it's very, it doesn't sound quite very kind, but it sounds almost a blessing that he left because it just seems to have changed you so much. Oh, massively. Yeah, it's been, it's been, um, it's been a, a really, it's given me a lot. Of, this year has been very re reflective for me. So I've been able to look at everything through over my whole life and what's happened and kind of how I've got to this point. So yeah, it's been, although while I was in the relationship, it was awful, him leaving and having been through that on top of everything else has been a massive positive thing for me. And it gives me the ability to be able to do the things I do and work with the young people that I do, definitely.
That's fabulous. Just taking you back. So obviously your mum, she was an addict for like, she was saying like 15 years or something, a very long yeah. time. And she went into like rehab for a year, which is, I thought was a really long time. And where were you then? Where were you in, in the year she was in rehab? So we were with my, my auntie. So it's my, my brother, my, sorry, my mum's brother and his wife. Right. Um, which was a very strange situation because we'd grown up in the middle of nowhere. We'd, we'd never really had much contact with any wider family because obviously my parents had had intentionally secluded themselves so they could be addicts and not be judged I suppose um and part of it was the freedom I think we, we were living in a beautiful part of the country but so I went to live with these people that I didn't really know I didn't I didn't think I had probably met them a few times in my life um and me and my brothers went to live there and it was a big change because my my auntie I mean, I love her dearly, but she she was very she's very religious, which was very different to what we'd been living in. Yeah. And there was lots of structure. There was lots of there was loads of boundaries. There was lots of rules. We had chores to do, um, and it was good. All of those things were good for us. We needed that. But as an eight year old, um, not I was nine. I turned nine just as we moved in. Um, that's really how all of a sudden you just throw all of these rules into the mixture and then expect everything to be fine. When I was literally running around fields naked for the first nine years of my life. <laughs> that is a contrast, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And we'd come from, we were living in um, this idyllic little village in uh, right on the border of Wales. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. And then we moved to South London. And for me, I felt like my whole world had just been, ripped away from me I'd had I'd spent all of my life just me and my little taking my little brother and running around the fields with him and going on these long walks and then all of a sudden I was thrown into this school in South London with loads of kids and it was just it was so different and it was so this the sensory kind of things that must have been going on in my brain as a child must have just been insane and it's no wonder that I have I struggled through my teenage years when you look back at kind of all those things and you add it all in add it all up sorry it's a huge so did you go to school when you lived in Wales or were you just like running free uh we went to school kind of here and there sporadically the school were very good to be honest so my my older brother was he missed out on a lot of schooling uh, but myself and my younger brother were actually quite lucky because my mum and dad, they travelled around a lot before I arrived. So my older brother was three years older than me. Um, and then we settled in a house in um, on the border of between England and Wales. Um, and there was a really lovely little village school and the headmistress used to, because my, my older brother's got a lot of behavioural problems. He has since he was quite small. So the headmistress used to have to come and pick him up in the mornings and get him out of bed uh, because my mum was struggling with the three of us. Obviously, she had three children under the age of five and she was a heroin addict. Um, so it was a bit chaotic, to say the least. So schooling wasn't a priority. Wow. I'm impressed with the headmistress. It's just amazing, isn't it? So you had some schooling... And then you go into yeah. this quite religious and rigid kind of parenting from your auntie. 
your mum's away for a year and then at some point obviously she comes back tell us about that so it was when so mum with the with her rehab it was in stages so the first house she went into then we really didn't see her a lot um I think it was maybe once every other weekend um because it was quite a sort of high I want to say high security but not high security you see they had to keep them quite sheltered um and then she moved into another house which was it was just her and some other people sort of doing the house share so we got to see her a little bit more often um and then when we moved in it was it was awful (laughs) because (laughs) my my elder brother he my eldest brother sorry he um he obviously couldn't cope with it it was his his behavior just completely spiraled so he started to kind of lash out at me and my younger brother so there was a lot of violence in the house lots of fighting lots of arguing mum found it really really difficult to cope with us I mean she had my older brother who was a teenager he had started sort of taking drugs and drinking and kind of going off on his own path then my behavior started to spiral um so it was difficult when we all went back to live with mum. I can't say it was like a nice, happy reunion where we no. all met back up together because it took a lot of time to rebuild. Lots of meetings and um, counselling um, for a long time before. And I don't think, with myself and my mum, it wasn't until I fell pregnant with my first daughter that we actually really started to talk and become friends really because up until then I was just so angry with everything that had happened yeah I understand that I totally understand that so how is it when you've had parenting as it was for you when you become a parent how is that um from my my own point of view it's been amazing because i i feel the pain of a lot of other people where their parents haven't been around and now they have children and they feel that loss that their parents aren't involved in their children's lives however i'm really grateful that i i had a really bad upbringing i know that and i there's a lot of things that i wish didn't happen and we all wish didn't happen but the love that i have for my girls outweighs anything else so the fact that my mum is so amazing with them and I'm able to give them such a good life, it's I'm 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 full of gratitude every single day for being a mum. I just I love being a mum. My girls are absolutely amazing. And I think when you've been through such an such awful things, you you have such appreciation for the innocence of children as well because I look I look at my eldest now and she's the same age as um I was when my mum went into rehab and um and I look at her and I think oh my goodness like my life was kind of just ripped away from me at that age and and I kind of can look at her and think how would she cope with that and she wouldn't it would be awful for her she would be absolutely distraught if I moved her away from her home moved her away from her friends if I did that it would I couldn't do it to her so it makes me grateful that I don't have to do that that I've got them I've got such a settled life my mum's so good with them I'm a single parent but I've got my mum and she is a co-parent for me basically so I feel grateful and lucky and I love being a mum so that's how being a mum is for me oh it's so powerful because you're just like the gratitude 
and then you've got the reflection about you know what happened to you at your age and how you know you would have felt and it's just beautiful that they're kind of like a part of your healing journey your children oh no absolutely I mean when I because I was well I was 17 when I fell pregnant with Emily Lou and everyone who knows me says if I didn't have her then my life would have gone probably very badly I mean we can't say definitely but it wasn't heading I was very angry I was still hurting I just dropped I dropped out of education at that point I I just I wasn't I didn't I would, I'd given up to a certain extent that's really honest to say that because you actually teach now don't you so you're saying you gave up an education but you're actually a teacher which I think is fascinating <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. I teach foundation studies yet, and I, there's nothing else in this world that I would have um, managed, imagined myself doing. Bless you. So you've had these so many changes, sort of like, you know, living with addictive parents, the change in how you were raised, mum going out your life, coming back, your dad obviously died a few years ago, so he's left your life again. So many changes and you're still changing now, like last year's relationship and things. How do you do it? Do you have tools or a coping strategy? What moves you forward? I think what I, somebody said something to me um, a few years ago about letting go of other people's behaviour and what other people do. And it didn't sink in right away. But then over this past year, and I've started to really think about that. And that's what has held me, what, kind of kept me in so much of that pain because I was so angry with my mum because I didn't understand why why did she use drugs instead of loving me and giving me the love that I needed and the care that I needed why wasn't she a good mum why wasn't she why didn't this happen why did my dad have affairs why did my ex hit me why did and you become so trapped in those negative why did why did why did but I can't control any of those things and it's so important to accept that other people behave in other ways that you cannot control and you have to let that go and just focus on your own journey because we can become so distracted and I mean it starts from children small children you put a ball in front of a small child who's meant to be doing their work they'll go off and take the ball so we've become so distracted by all these outside factors but really the only place we can find what really needs to happen is within us so we have to say okay you do what you do everyone needs to stay in their own path or we're all just crashing into each other and it becomes very messy and chaotic in my mind that's what I believe god that's Beautiful. I seriously, I said this to your mum, I seriously hope you're going to write a book because the way you said there, well, I'd buy it. I just love it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you're a wise soul, but do you know what I mean? Because you're 27, aren't you? I am 27, yeah. And I just sort of thinking like, you're just so wise. And I think life's made you that way because you've had so many life lessons, you know. But when you said that, I was like, please write a book. <laughs> Yeah, no absolutely I will write a book don't worry that's in, that's in that's in motion I do have a blog actually so I should think so it's just amazing yeah. so you've created so many positive changes you've had like when mum left your dad left your partner left so much has happened there's gonna be people listening so do you have a message like why it is so important to create positive changes I've set I've always had a goal, a small goal throughout my life, which might be something like, 
I'm going to do some writing later. So I've had these small goals. When I, when I fulfill those little goals, I feel really good about myself, no matter how small they are. What that's led me to is to achieve, to become a teacher. Okay. So I've got this, I've been able to maintain these little small achievements throughout my life throughout the lot despite what's been going on so despite being kicked out of school despite being in an abusive relationship I've managed to hold on to those little goals that keep boosting my self-esteem in the background so I've been able to achieve this this end goal which is to become a teacher and to pass on my knowledge and what I've the skills and pass my life skills on to other people so if we keep no matter how small that goal is if you can achieve those tiny little goals, you're always building a layer of your life and you're always adding to something. So even if it feels like, so I wanted to be a teacher, that felt like a massive, massive thing. When I was kicked out of school, when I was pregnant at 17, I, nobody would have ever said that I would have become a teacher. You could ask 100% of the people that I went to school with, they would have said, no, she would never do that. She's awful she can't even sit in a classroom for five she can't sit in a classroom for five minutes how's she going to teach a classroom but I carried on with my little goals so I failed my maths GCSE I thought I'm going to go and pass my maths GCSE and then I got a job working with um in a rehab because I wanted to work with the children of addicts I wanted to work with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds so I started volunteering that was another little goal um, I enrolled onto some courses, so I did some mental health training. I did some, I did some first aid in. I did some volunteering with primary school children. So these were all kind of little things, and now, and they all made me feel really proud. Yeah, being a teacher was too much of a, was too much of a big goal. But now, what's happened is all of those little things that I've done, I can sit and say, "Wow, I've done it," and I'm the child of an addict. I'm I got kicked out of three schools I felt pre I was pregnant at 17 and I'm a teacher and that is quite phenomenal <laughs> it's amazing I mean I obviously interview people weekly about positive changes but you are just something I'm just like wow and as you said like people wouldn't have thought it 100% of people said like it did make me laugh a little bit you can't be in a classroom <laughs> for five minutes <laughs> I still can't be in a classroom for five minutes now if I'm standing in front of the classroom I'm fine if you have to if I have to be taught it's not so I'm not so good <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing on my strengths there <laughs> I think it's brilliant I truly do because you know, people come on and they share a positive change, but your whole life has been full of change. And I just love the message about the little self-esteem boost, the little things. It's almost like I can see your life as like a jigsaw puzzle and you just put a little piece in, a little piece in, you've finally got the big picture and I'm absolutely rooting for you. I think it's amazing, your story. Thank you. And to be, I think that's, that's really important as well is you have to be able to be proud of yourself you and I know that's so difficult because I've done it for years where I'm like oh it's not that good like oh oh well yeah everyone's like oh well done Miss you've done really well and I'm like oh yeah all right but you have to be able to say actually no like I've done really I really was I was about to swear then <laughs> I've done really well like I've, I've done that and you need to own that and say and if you're feeling really bad and you don't want to get out of bed in the morning and you get out of bed in the morning own it and say I didn't want to get out of bed this morning but I've done it and I'm proud of myself for that because I think those tiny little boosts just keep 
like they will keep pushing you forward even when you feel awful and I know that people and this is a really controversial thing I'm about to say because people say when you've got depression and anxiety and I've got I suffer with depression and anxiety and people say oh just snap out of it and other people will say oh you can't do that which is very true you can't just snap out of it but if you're able to give yourself that good self-talk and you're able to put yourself in that good mindset that you're half the way there I can promise you that now because I was in a I was suicidal and I got up one day and I said I'm not gonna cry over this man anymore I'm better than this I'm gonna move on and I'm gonna carry on doing what I'm good at I'm gonna focus on what I'm good at and I'm gonna keep going and I kept in that mindset and as soon as I'd done that and I'd realized that I could do that everything changed and it's just honestly everything's just got better and better since then so so much of it is to do with self-talk I think anyway from from what I've been through a lot of my downfall is around my self-talk how I can't do this I can't be bothered to do this I'm not going to be able I'm going to make myself look like an idiot I'm too scared all of that stuff just you're just layering on those negative feelings constantly and stopping yourself from having the positive changes that you need you need to be feel good to make the positive changes you need to believe that you're worth making those changes for i've got nothing to add to that (laughs) (laughs) what misha said do that (laughs) that you'll be fine yeah what she said brilliant (laughs) that's what that's what i believe that's um yeah I'm going with that. No, it's absolutely amazing. And I say those are controversial things. I think that's all right. I, I warn people yeah. I'm feisty, so that's fine. But it is that. And, you know, you do have depression and things like that. But there's that saying, isn't it? Whether you believe you make it or you don't, you're right. And it is having that mindset that I'm going to have a bloody good try. I'm going to try this. I've got this just for today. And as you say, you know, if all you achieve today is getting out of bed, if all you achieve is getting dressed or writing a to-do list for tomorrow, you are enough. And it's just building on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I've, I've spent many years beating myself up for having days where I've sat on the sofa all day and I will not do it ever again because I work bleeding hard. I'm a single parent. I, I work full time. When you, I think we don't appreciate how much we work. I think if we all stood back and just looked at it in perspective and we looked at our houses, our cars, our children, our jobs, and just laid it all out and the washing and the, and the paperwork and the telephone calls and realised how much we work, then we wouldn't feel so bad because I think we all beat ourselves up because we can never get everything done. Yeah. But nobody can ever get everything done because nothing because you eat you need to eat so there's always going to be washing up there's always like that's the way life is we can't get everything done it's impossible we just accept what we can do yeah absolutely it's never ending is it because you're always like buying the food eating the food washing up from the food and then you're sort of doing your work then the emails are full again and you're just constantly doing and we are yeah doing rather than being and it is you know you can't stop the change happening, but you can change how you react to everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's you, it's about getting yourself in the right. I mean, my, obviously I've built up quite a lot of resilience over the years. So (laughs) I, 
the change when changes happen so i mean for instance i don't want to talk about the whole thing that's going on in the outside world right now but when that all kind of first kicked off i went into complete overdrive i couldn't cope with it because it was just my body was like this is all happening again everything's changing around me and i have no control over it yeah um and i actually had to leave work because it was i mean obviously i work in a college so everything changed they started covering everything up and putting one way systems in and i was just like oh my goodness me and i had to leave um but then I sort of regrounded myself and had a word with myself and sort of was like, right, what have I got control of in this situation? And it was like, okay, I control my my home is safe. My I can wash my hands. I can take my girls where I need to take them, and and I could really focus and zoned in on what I was in what I was in control of, and just for, try to forget about everything else because we we have we have lost so much control in yeah. recent weeks um and that was the story of my life as a child i had my it was so unpredictable there was no control there was no i didn't know so we're all waiting for boris what he's going to say i was just waiting for whether my mum and dad were going to have enough drugs every day so yeah. it although we don't it seems they're completely different things but the feelings that are involved in it are so similar and that's what kicks off the reactive side of things but because I have now got that ability to stand back and say all right hold on a minute what's going on in my body here because I think otherwise I would have just thought I was completely losing the plot I shouldn't be going this crazy I was literally sat in a classroom crying my eyes out because of it um and nobody else was so I just felt like a complete idiot but actually when I came back from it and grounded myself and looked at it and I thought actually this has already happened to me in my life yeah. I've already been told I'm not allowed to see these uh, I've been told I'm never going to see people again I've been told that I can't go in certain places because I'm being moved to a, another county I've been cut off from people that I see every day it's, so there was lots of similar things going on so then I was able to say actually this isn't me reacting to lockdown this is me reacting to my mum and dad my mum going into rehab and me not knowing what's happening with my life as a child because everything was just like I stopped going to the school I was at and I, I had to lie to all my friends and say oh my mum's just unwell I don't I didn't know how, what to say to anyone so it was like yeah it re-spurred all those feelings in me I think I think that's so valid I've, I've been using this time obviously because we're at home, to write my second book. And it's all about grief. It's called Good Grief. And love what you're saying, because obviously I've worked with grief for many years in nursing and other healthcare roles. But it's so true that when we go through a grief or life-changing event, we can cry, get angry, you know, just stop and think, what is happening to me? And it's not yeah. what's happening to us now as such but it's the energy of what happened in the past. So like, yeah. was, you know, it's very bizarre, but we went to get a dog once and then he sold it to someone else. And I was like really angry. And I just cried and cried and cried over a dog. But what actually was, it went back to my fertility where I was pregnant and that didn't come to fruition either. And you know, when you expect something and it doesn't come to you, yeah, it's like absolutely. a body memory and an emotional memory. So when we're crying, this change is happening, we're losing control. We're thinking, why am I crying? Why am I so angry? Why am I out of control? But it's often from an emotional or body memory from the past. You're totally right. And I, but yours Absolutely. connects beautifully because there is like 
you know, you're in this house and you can't move. So yeah, but I totally get where you're coming from. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's been, um, it's, I think that's, that's a very important thing is it's that realization you have to, you really have to get to know yourself. You really do. It's so important for everyone to do that. And this, I think this time has been really good for a lot of people to do that. It's had a lot of, there's been a lot of negative things that have happened because of, I don't want to say the word, but coronavirus, but um, <laughs> there's been lots of positives. I think, I think giving people that time, like you with your book, I've written a blog, I've started writing some pages for a book. Um, so it's had lots of positives and I think that's really important. We need to get to know ourselves and what's going on. I love it. I could speak to you all day, all night yeah. and probably go on holiday with you. I just think, <laughs> you, I just, you know, like you just meet someone and you're just like, oh my God. And I just think you're such an inspirational soul. I think you, your resilience, just like your knowledge of the brain, psychology, you know, just your courage for being here. I just love you. Totally love you. Thank you. Bless you. you. It's just lovely. You know, like we just think, yes, I want the whole world to get raw, get authentic. Let's all heal together. And I just really appreciate you. So thank you so yeah, much. I want it. That's what I want. Everyone get healing. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. And you're such a wise soul. I just love you. So you're going to write a book because I'm going to be checking in on you now. You're going to write a book, but you've got a blog, haven't you? I have, yes. So I've got you down. We've got your website here, which is quite long. I'll put it in the show notes but you're MishaReed92.wigsite.com forward slash life after trauma. But as I say, I'm going to put that in the show notes so you can just click down below and you'll be able to go over and read this amazing work, this amazing woman who I'm going to kidnap, keep as a house pet now. (laughs) (laughs) Bless you. you. No, just thank you because you know, we hide what we are. We, people think that we're hiding the darkness, but you know, you have to have dark to have light. That's what makes us whole. And I love the fact you've just pulled it all out and you're so wise. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, there's something, um, someone said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So it's Martin Luther King quote. Um, and I really love that because I think it's not just about loving each other which we all need to do a lot more of it's about loving ourselves as well and something that I've said to myself over this past year is pour so much love into yourself that it spills out onto those around you so by us loving ourselves it then overflows and everybody around us feels the effect of that so as Martin Luther King said only love can drive out hate so love yourself wow <laughs> there you go <laughs> bless you thank you so much for being here today i just as i said i just okay. truly appreciate you i think you're amazing and i love just everything about you just like the little girls the love of your daughters just your courage the way you've you know got a relationship with mum so just thank you If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kickbook from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. 
If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight. Life goes on. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.